And now we're going to take just a minute to hear about another great podcast on the Osiris Network. You can listen to all of our shows at OsirisPod.com. Hi, my name is Tim Whedon. I'm the host of the Daddy Unscripted podcast. No, it's not just me talking with dads about being dads, and it's not just for dads, that's for sure. What it is, is a varied spectrum of inspiring stories and emotional tales from a wide range of guests that come from the world of sports, of music, and even the guy that lives down the street from you. Not that guy, but the other guy. Yeah, that one. I can pretty much guarantee you're going to get something out of every episode. So come check out the Daddy Unscripted podcast. Here we are. Big, big, big show. Big show. Jeff, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. You're very festive. Is it St. Patrick's Day? I wasn't. I wasn't Who sure. would know? Huh. Who would know if it's any holiday right now? <laughs> it is uh, quarantine palooza, is what we're doing. Um, all right. So, but honestly, big show. We got. Uh, what do we got? What do we got on the docket? We got some. Uh, we got some uncirculated '95 uh, tunes, and then um, we've got sort of a, a project announcement, and then we've got a uh, an interview. So where should where should we where should we go first? Well, we should probably talk about world affairs and, uh, and mm. the fear gripping this world right now but i think the biggest news for us is the fact that you had another appliance breakdown <laughs> Le, yeah i'm guessing people don't want to hear but yes the uh, the refrigerator the refrigerator has broken down in the couch household we we attempted to repair it and failed miserably and ordered a new one so that's that's about it and um, so just to give everybody updates, both of my children are not in school right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, not be in school till at least April 6th. Your children one is out and one is in, but they're both going to be out soon. Yes. Yeah, we got I got uh, two more days with just one and then the other one will be here. As, as dad takes a swig off of that brown brown liquor as we start talking about children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a weird thing. It closed the museum today, uh, which was strange, partially because I didn't know when it was going to reopen again. You know, it's yeah, sort of a right. weird circumstance to leave, leave, leave work and not know when you're going to like see it again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A lot of uncertainty. So we've been um, dealing with everything by eating our feelings, a lot of carbs. Um, back in college, eating, I ate pizza three days in a row. Uh, so that's good. Could be good for the cholesterol, I guess. But uh, I guess everybody's just sort of time to hunker down and see if we can get through this thing and do what you can to support local businesses, get takeout from local restaurants, yep. get takeout from local breweries. Um, you know, I've got to make a pitch for my museum brethren. Uh, buy a membership at a local museum that you take your kids to that you think a lot of, or the zoo, 
art museum, whatever it might be, because um, those places are really going to get hurt too. Uh, they, especially a place like us, we live off of the front gate. We live off of t-shirt sales, and when we're closed, we don't get either of those things. So I think, you know, just support what you can. But I know times are going to be tight for people, so hopefully everybody out there works for someone who's going to keep paying them during this whole yeah. situation. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, not everybody will have that. So. Um thoughts thoughts and prayers out to everybody this is actually a time for thoughts and prayers stuff excellent, uh, excellent time um i knew that it was going to be a thing uh last wednesday i drove to nashville for uh, arts advocacy day on the hill met up with a bunch of other tennesseans who work in the arts field there's a good group from memphis met with our state legislators advocating for um continued funding for the arts in the state of Tennessee, mostly through the Tennessee Arts Commission. So if you're in the state of Tennessee, buy a specialty license plate because it goes to the arts. Um, but I had stopped, I skipped lunch to go to the Musicians Hall of Fame, which is in the basement of the old municipal auditorium, which they still use for concerts. Um, Panic has played there. I believe 10, 11, 98 was at the municipal yeah, auditorium. That was a weird show. One setter, a drums closer. <laughs> closer uh jimmy dale gilmore sit in mm -hmm. which is very random um and uh but it's a cool little museum they got a since they little it's huge they have like sixty-eight thousand square feet but uh um, they have a bunch of cool stuff but i skipped lunch to go do that and so uh on my way back to memphis there's the parker crossroads exit which is a civil war there's a civil war battlefield there and then there's also a bunch of gas stations. And if you go into town a little bit, there's a really amazing Scott's Barbecue, which is supposed to be amazing. Mm. But there's a Dairy Queen. And I really wanted Dairy Queen. It's like my road trip food. Okay. So skipped lunch. I was going to get, you know, a pretty substantial blizzard that I could eat, go in, use the facilities, wash my hands a bunch of times, I'd come back out, and I get ready to order. And the woman who was working, her name was Raven working at the front counter comes over to me and says can i help you and she goes like this <laughs> and then proceeds to take my order mm. but she takes my order with her face in her hand like this and then types it into the machine mm. and then goes and makes my blizzard Sweet. and there's never really been a moment where i wanted to say to a food service employee mm. just be like can you can you go wash your hands i should but we survived, and I'm sure Raven's okay, but it was clear. I was like, man, there's just going to be a pretty substantial divide between those who are mired in this stuff and those who just, you know, DGAF. Yeah. And, uh, so. Well, the one thing I have noticed in the last couple of days is, is part of why I thought we should do this tonight is, you know, human interaction is important, right? I mean, we're all sort of locked in. We're not getting out. And, and I see, you know, the folks are doing, uh, doing live streams, you know, artists are out there doing live streams. That's a way to help to support, um, acts when they can't go out on the road. And so, um, so yeah, so this is uh, what we're, we're trying to do. It's episode 100, Jeff. I mean, wow. You know, this is, we started off like a ball of fire. <laughs> it's like one year to do the first 52, two and a half years to do the next 47. Yeah, well, you know, there was a kid in there, a new kid in there at some point in time, mm -hmm. and life, and you know, other things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, here uh, we are. Made it to one hundred. Yep. Should should have a uh, cupcake with a candle in it or something. Right, that would have been a good idea. Um, 
Okay, so so here's here's what we're gonna do. Besides talking about the uh, the COVID nineteen virus and uh, home appliances repairs, um, so we talk about Tom, Tom Brady the whole time. Oh my gosh, yeah, ESPN. I mean, how you know they are so excited. Oh my god, it's like all they have at this point. Just uh, just twenty four hours, Tom Brady. So is it official? The Buccaneers. That's what they're saying seems pretty seems pretty okay. safe that yeah. should be interesting all right so um what's the agenda tonight first things first we're gonna play some music um from a show that has not been circulated this is a show that you had uh on a on a on an xl2 there you go XL2. xl2s Ooh, oh okay that's like a master that's almost a master quality a lot of people to see I did this today, but this is very representative of how those of you that uh, may have traded tapes, uh, would, this will give you a flashback. Look at how the rubber band is done and how it, they're t- you, the, the magic of one rubber band. And of course, how do you send tapes, Harvey? You send them without the cases to save the cost of postage. Because yes, kids, we used to spend money to send music to each other. Through the mail. And, and not to mention that the cases would would invariably break so so save the cases mail the tapes and the j card j cards did you have on your tape list did you have rules for trading for you <laughs> Duh, yeah. yeah of course xl xl2 xl2 s oh, xl2 uh accepted xl2 s preferred no tdk no tdk <laughs> just like uh what was it no k no kao dats those were good oh no, they were garbage Oh, they were good. I have a bunch of KAOs, actually. Yeah. That's the first. The first app I would I not bought. try to put one of those in your deck because it will it will disintegrate. From uh, Terrapin Tapes, mm. I got my KAO gold. So, uh, so this tape has been has been in in the archives for a while, right? Uh, I would say this probably came to me in ninety. Let's see, I started Dats in ninety seven, so this probably came. There was a period where I was trading both Dats and cassettes which in retrospect made no sense, mm-hmm. but uh, came to me probably 96, 97. I didn't have a ton of analog panic tapes. It really kind of picked up once I got dats and started doing a little taping myself. The big switch for analog was when this guy lived in my dorms, Jesse Gamble, at the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, was on the fall tour, 96 fall tour tape tree. Oh, wow. Any of you remember those? Through spreadnet.org? Through spreadnet.org. And he got the whole tour, and he got it all at once, and it was like this amazing thing. And uh, so, actually, if I could venture a guess where these tapes came from, but I'm not going to. Um, for some reason, I never, I can't really remember where I got a lot of my Panic Analog tapes from. I can remember where I got a lot of my DATs, because it was, you know, basically the same people that you traded with, too. Um but with all my Almond Brothers tapes and like a lot of dead tapes, I can totally remember who I got them from. Um, and one thing, I still have a couple tape lists, and I think I have the tape list that this came from the guy that this came from. His name was Brad, hmm. and he was in Kansas. And the thing that was interesting about his tape list was that he had a bunch of random shows from Wichita hmm. <laughs> and around Wichita. So he had a uh, master analog of eleven seventeen seventy two dead show wow. from which it the Century Two Coliseum that he got directly from Dick himself. Damn. 
which was like a big deal. So I got that. Plus he had a Mahavishnu orchestra show from like Cessna Stadium in Wichita from like August of 74. And he had a very few panic tapes. And I think this was on his list. So Brad, if you're out there, thanks for sending me this tape. But this is a uh, 523.95 from Santa Ana, California, the Galaxy Theater. And uh, when I looked back when we started this thing, I was hoping that I would have been able to find some more things that maybe hadn't been in circulation. But this is the only one. So just kind of like your analog of seven seven what seven seventeen ninety three from your first show is seven, one of the few seven eighteen ninety three. Yeah, that was my first show analog. We did that um, seven eight seven eighteen, Jeff. Yeah, JoJo's birthday, Jeff. Come on, it was an early encore. Um, this uh there's a handful of shows from 95 missing um when i go and look on uh on the panic stream um 328 330 uh from arono maine 49 from kingston rhode island 415 and then 419 420 421 um yeah but the, here's one we're, we're filling the hole here it's almost like that whole california run there was so they did the two nights in vegas uh, 519 and 520 which if you haven't ever heard those shows uh, are fantastic they were the night shows after uh, the dead played at um, Sam, Boyd. Sam Boyd yeah with uh, Dave Matthews band opening up and um, and then Panic played the night uh, at the Hunter's Theater and just I had a buddy of mine from college that went and did the did the daily double of the, those shows and he said panic just well, I mean obviously you're talking about May 95 dead but he said panic just blew everybody off the you know off the stage and so the two nights in Vegas and then they go out and they do uh, what seven shows in California from 521 to 528 and there are only two tapes out there uh, they do Santa Barbara Los well I guess the, one of those shows is the rock line with Eddie Money uh, yeah. from for rock line did you listen to rock line of course ever? yeah absolutely <laughs> Um, so, but as far as full shows, Santa Barbara, Santa Ana, San Luis Obispo, San Diego, LA, and then Monterey. And the only shows that we, that are out there are San Luis Obispo and Monterey. So we're filling a hole there with this 523 show, which, um, is, is pretty strong. I mean, you look at the, not only on paper, but in performance. Yeah, it's a really good show. And I think, you know, the, we're going to play a segment from the first set and a segment from the second set. Um, just a great set list, you know, front to back. The tape sounds pretty good, um, you know, I'm sure, uh, concerning for 95. There's some good, uh, you can hear the crowd <laughs> a lot of times. It's not a very full Galaxy Theater mm-hmm. in Santa Ana. Um, but first set starts off with uh, the classic opener, Disco, and then heads on into Heroes. And then a really early Just Kiss My Baby, um, third song out, which is, I would imagine most folks would assume would be a good sign for a pretty good show. And then way to the world. And then our segment gets started off. And again, if just, just kiss my baby in the third slot. Didn't convince you that the band was ready to go. Um, what we're going to play in the, in the first set is also a pretty, pretty significant, uh, sign of that starts off with the astronomy domine uh jam as according according to the everyday companion i think it's pretty full Mm -hmm. i don't know if it's just jam i think it's a pretty well thought out uh astronomy domine um and then the best part of my tape 
is um, this is my handwriting, um, which again I got from the person that sent it to me. Oh, he didn't put his handwriting on the inside. This is also one of the few tapes I didn't make tape covers for. Mm. I have a bunch of tape covers uh, with either tie dye paper or blue clouds and blue sky mm. with papyrus font. Oh, so I was thinking Comic Sans, but papyrus is even. I do have some Comic Sans, but I definitely even worse. Mm. Yeah. I remember, uh, this is how cool I was in college, kids. Uh, I think the, one of the weekends I got back to school, the first year I lived off campus, I was putting my tapes in my dresser drawers, and instead of going out the first night, I made tape covers. That's how <laughs> It's remarkable I had a girlfriend. Anyway, um, but I'll tell you, astronomy dominate into, if everybody can see it, Kiss on Tuesday. Oh, wow, nice. Which is nice, uh, which those of you know that that's not the name of that song. It's Gimme. Uh, into Radio Child. And that's the segment we're going to play. And then they close off the first set with a really great uh, combo of Last Straw into Papa's Home. Yeah, so we'll play that. But don't go anywhere because after that, we've got um, we have our project that we're going to announce to help uh, fill the void here for those of us who are um, lacking in, in any sports besides the Tom Brady signing. Um, <laughs> But uh, we've got a little project going, and then uh, we've got some more music from five twenty three ninety five, and then uh, an awesome interview that I that I did um, about a week ago that we'll play here at the end of the show. So hang tight, uh, stick around. Um, I think we're good so far, so good. We'll see how we can transition into this music. This is uh, this is very high tech, Jeff. I've got multiple sources. I have things connected on the desk. So wish me luck. But uh, we'll be back. Let's see. This segment is, uh, I don't have a time, so I'm not sure exactly how long it is. But hang tight. We'll be back when it's over.
All right, there you have it. May 23rd, 1995, the end of the uh, first set. Um, previously unheard digitally. Um, you heard Astronomy Dom- Domini into Gimme into Radio Child. And uh, good stuff, man. This is, this is I know we're, we're partial to 1996, but um, the end of this, well, really all of Spring 95 is just so so hot and the rest of the rest of the year too but um it is a it is a band growing into uh you know growing into itself right and just sort of stretching its legs out well uh before world events happened and we needed content to fill in for march madness and whatnot uh i was listening to a lot of early 95 those march 95 shows Mm -hmm especially the tour opener at Wabash College. And it's like, it's just a totally different band from March 95, even to like, you start to see it fall in 94 where they're starting to do more two set shows. And they're just like, they're, you can tell they're over, they're over what they had been doing. Yeah. Digging a little bit deeper into the, to the archives. I don't know. Did you listen to uh, the, the school's interview on the jam base podcast came out uh, last week? He talked about uh, set list creation and, um, you know, I think he didn't specifically say like fall 94, but he talked about a moment when they started being more mindful about, you know, digging deeper and, and making sure they play all the different songs. And, uh, I think it was pretty clear that that was in the fall of 94. Um, but this is just, I mean, it's great playing and like kind of what we're saying while well, folks are listening to it. Um, it's a really, it's a rare radio child for us. Cause that's a song that you and I both typically don't play to choose, mm. <laughs> choose to play. Um, this is a really good version Um, I just think it's just the first set just these songs are so strong and it and it's you know again it's in the midst of a tour that had been you know started in March and had this was they had gone fully coast to coast at this point right they they got all the way to Orono Maine and Portsmouth New Hampshire uh, late March early April and now month and a half later or seven weeks later they're all the way out far far west as you can go mm-hmm. and Anna and San Diego to come and, and, and so on. So and then headed back to Texas and those three awesome shows in Texas in early June. Um, two awesome, three awesome shows, Houston, uh, B cave and, uh, and the Bronco bowl, I think guess. And, uh, and then take a little bit of time off and back at it in July, starting in the Midwest mm-hmm. and just I mean, the whole year they were just on the road a ton, but they played some really great shows and just kept the energy up. And clearly this is one of those nights when, Again, it was about the crowd, and the crowd was into it. But it's also you can tell a little bit about themselves too, just playing things for, <laughs> playing things because they wanted they they found them entertaining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna get to the second set of the show, um, and and then a little bit later after that, we're gonna have uh, my interview with um, Michael Palmasano, who may be uh, better known to those of you as a guitar teacher from guitar teacher reacts. Um, and we talked about sort of his, um, uh, his growth into the, you know, improvisational music scene, uh, just over the, like the last year and how he's really gotten into it. And, um, he was super, I mean, I was like, I was thinking maybe 10 or 15 minutes and we ended up talking for like almost an hour. Um, super, super nice guy and great, uh, 
just it, it was a really good interview so so hang tight and listen to that but we're gonna play the second set but before that we i mean i told you it was a big show it's number 100 jeff Joe, happens one three. happens one time 100 because who knows how long it's gonna take us to get to 200 probably 10 years <laughs> um also by the way i got this in the mail today if you, it's your census form I did mine yesterday. Fill it out. Mail it in. Very, very important. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, so since uh, there is no sports on TV, and by the way, on Saturday, I I did, in fact, turn on uh, a, 19, uh, a baseball game from 1989 on YouTube and put it on the TV. Isn't there a, like a YouTube playlist of great Kentucky basketball moments? I'm sure there you- is. I started with baseball just because that was something that could just be in the background and I could just have it on. I feel like if I could, if I turn a Kentucky game on, I got to sit down and watch it. Which which game from 1989 did you watch? It was the uh, NLCS game uh, game two, Cubs okay. Giants. It was the one game the Cubs won in the NLCS that year. Um, so that's uh, that's that's way back for me. I saw some guys on somewhere on social media are doing filling out historic NCAA brackets and like have pools that they're gambling amongst themselves and like you know not giving away the like not looking ahead but then watching the games on YouTube as they unfold. Oh wow! Which only really works if you were not alive at eighteen. <laughs> right. Like I think I, know, I think I know what happens. Uh-huh. I think, yeah, or you don't you, go on the internet. Yeah, I think UNLV you know, tries to lose against Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I could see how that would work if you went into like, you know, Japanese baseball or like, you know, Russian hockey or something, you know, where you have literally no knowledge, but giving me an idea. So what we're going to do to fill the void, uh, since there's no sports is, um, and I'm really sad that they didn't even do a freaking bracket for the, for March madness this year. I just, I don't know why they couldn't have just filled out a bracket for us so we could talk about it. And you just want something to complain about for when Kentucky got the three seed in the same bracket as Duke and Kansas. Of course. Yeah, well, I mean, that would have, you know. Um, so we're going to do a bracket of our own. We're going to do a, a, a panic a sweet 16 for COVID-19. Um, and so we're going to reveal it here tonight on the podcast. We're revealing the bracket. We're going to reveal the bracket, right? I mean, I know we're talking about. Are we gonna do? Uh, are we gonna do the left side and break it down, and then the right side and break it down? We should have gotten uh, Jim Nance, you know, Jerry Palm, or Joe Lunardi. <laughs> right. No, we're gonna we're gonna reveal the bracket tonight, and then we're gonna uh, follow up in the future uh, next week, hopefully, with some uh, some episodes where we where we present each of the matchups and and ask for feedback. I mean, you got to have the bracket so you can look at it, right? I mean, before you get into the to the actual games. Am I springing this on you? You're not ready for this. No, I am. I'm looking at the... Uh, You're looking at said bracket? Looking at the bracket. Okay. All right, I'm going to put the graphic up on the screen. We'll see how... You're not going to be able to see it, but the people... Right, man, this is high-tech AF tonight. The people will see it, and hopefully this will work. Um, maybe? Okay, there we go. It's up there. It's blank. All right, so we're going to reveal... <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, this is this is super high tech. Yeah, yeah. So are you, um, we should explain how we chose the sixteen. Okay, yeah, great point. So we took the um, uh, how many how many? So we took uh, 
automatic bids from the the shows that have been released in the archive series um and uh well, they released 13 shows total including the three oak mountain shows from 2001 which we just chose one of those shows so we have 11 automatic bids right and f and fyi jeff um josh has just said that you're you're touching your face you need to not be touching your face so much it's my damn house, Josh. I'll pour bourbon on my fingers and clean it up. That's what I've been doing. Um, okay, so we'll start off uh, in the top left with the uh, with the one seat. So, okay, so it was the eleven automatic bids from the official archive releases because we we looked at those as the as the band's choices, uh, and then we filled in the other five with uh, with at large bids, and then um, and then we seeded them. Well, I seeded them uh, just because I wanted to and uh, you know you can argue and hopefully we'll get maybe a couple upsets who knows I uh, see that too you just chose to ignore my seats right that's fine that's how yep. it normally works around here um, okay so the one seed is 4396 Huntsville Alabama an official release um, from spring 96 um, you know great tour i don't, I don't want to get too much into the to the band, to the shows because we're going to spend time talking about them so this is just the reveal we're not trying to fill an hour like cbs does we're just going to run through the run through the seeds here so the one's going to be matched up with the 16 and that is uh 7 columbia missouri um the second to last most recent uh, archive release from july of 95 a strong uh, maggot brain v maggot brain 116 matchup yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Um, and, and I will say, if you're just sitting on maggot brains, maggot brain at seven eleven ninety five is uh, tops. I mean, I, this is a rough draw, obviously for seven eleven ninety five. Um, I mean, I think it could be a sleeper in a in like a five twelve four thirteen matchup, but obviously rough for rough for them here. Um, all right, and then uh, the eight nine, the eight seed is going to be. Uh, Nine eight ninety seven from uh, Montreal. Uh, way under way underseated. Un- no, you did no dis- anti Quebecois sentiment on your part. I think by the committee. <laughs> um, and then uh, the matchup there against the nine seed seven twenty nine oh one from Pelham. Uh, we picked the third night uh, just on the on the strength of that first set, um, and uh, and. So yeah, so that's your that's your eight nine to to play. So you might have a a, a Huntsville Pelham matchup in the second round. It'd be interesting. Um, then moving on further down the bracket, you've got the five seed again an under seed. I'm thinking in your in your mind a twelve one two thousand from Carbondale, Illinois. Um, even in Carbondale, and uh, and the twelve ten twenty ninety eight from Colorado Springs, uh, which. You were much more generous to ten twenty ninety eight than I was. Well, I think that's a good show, man. I feel like that's a uh, oh, I just got an angry reaction on Facebook for that. Ooh, I wonder what that one's for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so I I thought the uh, I thought that show. I mean, the, I think the playing is is strong, and the set list. I don't have any. I mean, that set list is like about as good as they come. I think. Um, I haven't looked at it in a while, but I, that was one that always stood out to me. It's like a great show to just turn on and, and jam out to because there's just like, there are no weak spots. Except, I feel like 
I feel like I'm talking to Dick Vitale when he's defending the committee in their choice. <laughs> um, okay, and then moving down to the bottom of the left side of the bracket, uh, the uh, the four seed, five seven ninety seven from uh, from the Palace in Louisville. That's our first at large bid. Yep. Uh, Even though that was a Port Songs release, but not a not an official multi track release. Um, and then. Uh, it- didn't win their conference tournament lost in the conference tournament finals uh-huh. uh, <laughs> uh and then uh 5795 or 5797 is going to take on uh an interesting uh, 4889 i feel like is a uh, is a wild you know sort of a wild card here because it's really the only one from pre uh do we have anything else pre 95 on the board i don't know we, we won't reveal anything but i feel like you know an 80s show up against the 97 show is uh it's a tough tough one to pick you know it's sort of like an ivy league school taking on a a big you know a big uh, major conference foe it's uh fundamentally sound they they they, they play hard they rebound well uh-huh. uh they get no, you on the back door this show is great uh the driving disco driving in the second set is just it's awesome so um, many instrumentals that show love it um all right moving to the right half of the bracket um the three seed, ten twenty eight two thousand from uh, from Lakefront Arena in New Orleans. Um, tough, t- tough to make a call out of that whole run. Great shows all around, but I feel like that uh, that second night with the, uh, the Lawyers Guns and Money plus the the Carl Denson appearance at the start of the second set. I think that's the one, uh, and that's the three seed taking on the fourteen. 11-20-2001 from Johnson City, Tennessee. And um, I have a feeling we're going to get some some complaints about uh, about the at-large ones just because the automatic bids are, are sucking up the oxygen, right? I mean, we've only got five at-large, so there's going to be a lot. There are going to be some, some good teams left at home playing in the NIT, but there's only so many for the, uh, for the big dance. If somebody else wants to take on the NIT bracket, feel free. <laughs> um. All right, moving down to the sixth seed. Uh, our first, uh, our first sit and ski appearance from Boulder, Colorado. The third night of that first three night run, one twenty ninety six. Another at large. Did you did you have any? Were there any considerations from any other sit and ski uh, shows for that for for that slot? Uh, the second night of Breckenridge, one twenty three, from the ten mile room, probably would have been the other one. Um, because I, I guess I wanted something that was very indicative of what sit and ski was supposed to be, which is the first part of the tour, because by the end of the tour, it sort of devolves into something a little bit different, or not devolves, evolves into something a little different. So, um, But I've always been in love with this show. It starts off so so simple, and just frankly, it's just some of the most uh, heartfelt panic that's out there. So. Yeah. Um, and the matchup, always tough, Six eleven matchup, the 11 seed. Nine twenty-eight ninety-five from Knoxville, Tennessee. That is the most recent archive release, the one uh, chosen by a friend of the pod, Sam Holt. Um, that's that's a tough match. That's a tough draw for Boulder. I feel like uh, it's going to be tough. It's a two two totally different types of uh, performances, but um, it'll be interesting to see what the uh, consensus is on that. I think a lot of love for Sit and Ski probably get it carry it through, but. And not to mention, you look at that second round potential matchup between ten twenty eight two thousand and one twenty ninety six. 
Solo lead versus Sitinski. Yeah. Epic Red versus Epic Red. Yeah, yeah, that'll be good to see. All right, moving down to the bottom quarter, the seven seed. 1231.97, our first New Year's appearance, uh, the archive release from the uh, New Year's show in 1997 with the, the historic first set and uh, the um, scorching third set. And uh, so... Would, would this be the New Year's show? If it were not an official release, was this would this have been the New Year's show you would have chosen or would you have gone with 95 or 99? Um, I think if I... I probably... Man, it'd be tough. I think... Twelve thirty one ninety nine probably needs to be in the conversation. Um, personally, I am awfully attached to twelve thirty ninety six. Um, I realize it's not a New Year's show; it's only the two set. But man, that show is so good. Uh, Part of the run. That's- yeah, so that would probably be my second choice. But this one's right there. It's this is a really good show. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's really good. Um, so that's seven seed taking on the ten seed. Another Georgia show, four eighteen ninety eight, the Panic in the Streets show from Athens, Georgia. Um, and only only uh, three and a half months separating the two shows, so that's uh, that'll be an interesting matchup. The uh, the committee lobbied hard for this one, uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily because of the performance but because it's the significance of the show Histori- the history. Uh, imagine that the historical significance yeah. um and then the final- I mean, there are some other uh shows that could have been into the slot but i think this was uh this was definitely the last team the last team to make the tournament all right so all there are a lot a lot of a lot of shows uh have their on on the edge of their seats here it's the last two uh we've got one uh one more at large who's going to be revealed here as the two seat i think and that is yes. five yes, are in are in uh you know cafeterias and locker rooms filming nervous nervous shows as they're waiting for the bracket five five ninety nine for Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the two seed uh a strong a strong performance from the uh that's the highest the highest seed of a of an at large uh, out large at large team uh from a show in the at large but uh I think this was one that had to be included. Uh, a lot of great shows from that spring 99 uh 51 uh but this is the one that that shows up and um speaking of spring 99 the matchup the 15 seed 42799 the official release from Jacksonville Florida with a massive proving ground sandwich in the first set so um that is that's quite the bracket there Jeff uh you know I, I look forward to hearing uh, hearing folks break this down. Um, should, who did yes? Who did we leave out? Let us know. Um, definitely a bunch we could. The other thing: one show from the Midwest, one show from Canada, one show from the West Coast, and thirteen from the South. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty heavy in the South, but I feel like we, you know, there there wasn't like too much. You know, you just had two, and we sort of hit all the different spots. I guess you had three shows from Georgia, but I mean that makes sense. Two from Alabama, um, but. You know, one New Year show, one Halloween show, one sit and ski. Uh, you know, we try. I think we were we were pretty fair. weren't too heavy in in any one year. Um, what if you if you were the uh, the the head of the um, the committee? Um. So so Austin say no Oak, Oak Mountain shows. There was uh the the nine seed is uh, seven twenty nine two thousand one. Uh, so the the oh one 
Oak Mountain Run. I think the O2 was was probably in the conversation too, but that O1 show was an official release, so that's what we went with. Um, it, it, you put on your uh, your your director of the committee hat, Jeff. Who? Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead as we come back come back on screen. Um, we'll put our contact information on here. So if you want to <laughs> yell at us, we got an email and and uh, and Twitter handles. Um, what uh who who were who were the ones like the first who was the first four out uh well i'm looking i deleted some of the ones that i had but uh i would say for me 103198 was right on the cusp uh 11196 was what was the last show out mm-hmm. uh that was a last minute decision and that's a show that we've oftentimes have said is the best show of the fall 96 tour which in our minds has always made it one of the best shows ever. Uh, 8195, I think, was in the mix and discussed. Yeah. And we went back to 93. We wanted to ensure that there was some representation from, from in the distant past. And uh, we talked about uh, 103093 from Idaho, which would have given us a little bit more geographic diversity Hello, as well. Hello, but uh, but yeah, it was a, it's a tough field. You could easily do 32. You could easily fill out 64. But I feel like if you were you can go to 64, and I think you're still going to end up with um, a lot of the same shows in the same spots uh, that we're going to end up with. Um, yeah. Assuming the people vote the way that we think they'll vote, but of course there's always upsets. Yep. So um, so stay tuned. We'll uh, we'll 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 spring, come out with some episodes with. Um where we'll break down each, uh, each matchup and you can, you can make your, make your voice heard. So, um, all right. So we're going to play the rest of this five twenty three ninety five um, before we, uh, wrap things up. And then we, we're going to have, I guess still have the interview with, uh, with guitar teacher, big show, Jeff, big show. Big show. It's big number, show. it's number 100. This, this, the, uh, the cent, is that the centennial? Does that count? It's a centennial Cent- episode. I don't know. Um, okay, so so tell people about the second set of uh, of five twenty three ninety five, or should I? Are you with us? I'm here. Okay, I'm, here. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to distract you. You were just reading Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I'm keeping up with uh, what's happening at the will of the American people. Um, we did have some breaking news. Jazz Fest has been postponed to the fall. So if you're planning to go to New Orleans in a, in a couple months, or I guess in a month, um, that'll be happening later this year. And um, there are some, some, pri- uh, some primaries happening. Um, interesting to see how many, how many candidates we have left in the race here soon. But, um, so yeah, anyway, second set. Yes. So this is another uh, thing from Days of Yore when the second set would fill up the whole tape. And then you'd have to put the encore on the first tape, first tape. And it has filler from seven nineteen ninety five, 1995, a Bozeman, which like, filler. Um, so the second set gets started with blackout blues, a really great Hatfield into walk on after that great way to start the, start the set. And then a really nice mellow part of, of the show. I, I just want to point out, I was, are we going to, we're going to put this up on the, on the panic stream for people after, uh, yeah, I gotta uh, get it to Curtis. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll take care of that, Jeff. So I'm, I'm on top of it. Like, <laughs> uh, 
So but uh, when when that does happen, uh, check out the Hatfield walk on is slick as slick AF as the kids say. Um, it is it's ninety six quality transition. Um, and there's also a uh, is it a happy child between uh, Black Eyed Blues and Hatfield? It's not in the in the set list. Um, but I think that was probably JB getting his acoustic for Hatfield would be my guess. So uh, that's a really nice section when we do get that on. Um, check it out. Um, and then Really Mellow, Gradle, and Eliza's Apartment. And then get started off with pretty strong way to end the show. Uh, the last six, five songs, if you count the split one at the end, we'll get started with Space Wrangler and uh, Into Walkin', and then a really nice Pilgrims. And then uh, not on the set list, uh, Entering a Black Hole Backwards. Um, I think it's a, it's a legitimate Black Hole Backwards, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I, I uh, think we, we've there've been lesser lesser ones included. So, yeah. um, uh, chili and then a chili sandwich with Mister Soul tucked inside. A, uh, a rarity, but a a great show overall. And y'all are really gonna like these last uh, few songs of the show. Um, the intensity definitely picks up when they get towards the end of the set. Okay, here we go. Uh, Five twenty three, nineteen ninety five, set two.
Mother Hips and the Strangers. Thank you very much tonight. <laughs> that uh, man, that was a hot close to a second set. Whew. I mean, I can just I can just picture myself just sweaty. You know what I mean? Just feeling so happy about things. How did they? How did they? So that was the close of the second set. How did they encore that? I, I feel like that could be a slip, flip the bird situation. Stoked. Stoned me encore. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. Well, that, if you're already sweaty and exhausted, why uh, why do anything but just a uh, a nice mellow stoned me encore? Oh yeah, no, 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 that's perfect. But I mean, I would have been fine with just a rando put the bird encore. Nope. I feel bad that like my microphone is is blocking my my St. Patrick's Day tie. That's a nice tie. Thanks. Got that for my son. Right. Um, okay, so thanks everybody for for hanging tight. We're we're not even like we're like two thirds of the way through it. <laughs> it's a long night, but we're recording live, so that's nice. So we won't have to do this again. But um, we we played the uh, the uncirculated show five twenty three ninety five. We revealed our bracket, which uh, we'll we'll provide more information about in coming days, as we're all stuck inside. And um, maybe we'll even get Jeff on on camera again. This is yeah. fun to do the live video thing. Easy, yeah. It's a lot, it's a lot easier for you, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so appreciate everybody hanging tight. And um, you can do like midday. Uh, yeah, live I mean, live streaming with our kids running around in the background. We're, we're here. There's nothing else to do except work from home. So good luck with that everybody yeah i swear it's like we did so today was the second day of quincy at home so day one it, it felt like little house on the prairie today was a little more lord of the flies <laughs> i mean it was just oh god it's just yeah it's challenging well think about Me- the hard part of memphis the weather has been really crummy the last few days yeah Except- yeah afternoon it was really nice and tomorrow morning it's gonna be decent and it's gonna warm up and then it's gonna storm on thursday but i think that's the other part too it's like not only are we stuck inside because we're not supposed to go anywhere but we mm-hmm. can't even go like outside or walk around the block a few times right uh, but i think that'll that'll change so i yeah get outside let's yeah. get some share everybody all right so um the last thing we're gonna do uh is well, I, I have product i know no i know what hey i'll get there i'll get there don't worry about it Hold on. But this is, we got to tease what's happening next though. But first, uh, Jeff's got some product placement, but, but before that, or after that, we've got, uh, my interview with, uh, Michael Palmasano, who is guitar teacher from the guitar teacher reacts videos, which, um, I love, I watch almost every day. They're like maybe my favorite thing. And he's one of my favorite people around. You went to the same high school as a girl that I dated in college, which I learned. It's kind of funny. Uh, small Fun world. Uh, Hereford High School in uh, Maryland, home of the Hereford Heifers. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so. Uh, all right, so before we get to that interview, uh, what, Jeff, what do you have for the people so I've got uh, two things. The first is I promised uh, Presley that I would show off what he made today with his mom, and that's oven mitts. Oh, nice. Potholders, basically. Yeah. These potholders. So this is a fun 
project that you can do with your kids during this time. You can order them on the Amazons, I believe. My okay. mom got my mom got them for him for Christmas, and uh, he wasn't super into it. And now on day three of the or day two of the <laughs> lockdown, we've got potholders, and I used nice. them tonight. And then this last thing, and I, I mean, is the nice thing with that too is that when you run out of toilet paper, there's a uh... <laughs> Man, don't even get us started on that. In Memphis, it's been toilet pa- toilet paper and chicken products. Like, <laughs> no, no, totally. I went so I went to Costco and there was no poultry. I mean, there was like there was beef tenderloin, brisket. There was all kinds of steak. Where's the poultry? Where is it? Where's ours, the? Ours was the exact same way yesterday, which was just hilarious. The last thing is, is something that a record that I hope you will go buy when it comes out on April 3rd. You can buy it directly from the label Light in the Attic, uh, but also I'm sure Amazon, the other places, or when your record store is open again, go buy it from them. Mm. That's the preferred way of doing it. And it's record, if you can see it, it's called Stone Crush. And this Mm. is a a painting of the Memphis skyline. And this is Memphis Modern Soul, 1977 to 1987, and it's put together by Light in the Attic out of Seattle. It was compiled by two guys who I've come to know pretty well here in Memphis, these record collectors and DJs named Daniel Mathis and Chad Weekly. Um, All sorts of awesome late 70s, early 80s, uh, Memphis Soul, disco funk, whatever you want to call it, including the amazing uh, I'm Just a Boogie Roller by Mark Anthony and Lightspeed, which has an amazing video for it but it's a great record i just opened it up liner notes by two of our really good friends uh robert gordon and andrea lyle both great memphis writers um it's super cool it's how reissues and it's how you know music should be should be put out and frankly how it should be consumed so stone crush pick it up on april 3rd we were supposed to have a release party at the museum on april 3rd but we had to cancel it because of the the coronas which which really sucked because it was one of the events that we were really looking forward to, um, bringing a lot of these old guys and uh, some of the and some of the women that are in these bands too, together for the first time and having them at Stacks and honoring them and playing the music and stuff. So best way nice. we can do that now is to buy their record. So I'm probably going to promote it again. Everybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but B- it's awesome. It's super fun. BTW. I finally watched the uh, Aretha Franklin. Uh, documentary yeah oh god that's so awesome it actually like it, it improved my spirits from the <laughs> coronavirus depression uh it's on i think it's on hulu i think it's on hulu you can watch it yeah it's pretty great oh man it's awesome it's so Same. good somebody posted a good uh list of like concert films and things to check out in this uh time of no concerts and i would put that on the list definitely put stop making sense on the list um, which is pretty great. Uh, go back and watch Panic in the Streets if you have it on VHS tape, like I do. <laughs> do you have the VHS no, CD? I don't. I have the DVD back here. Uh, next time we do, oh, there you go. Next, very good. Next time we do this, we need to talk about what's on your bookshelf because I feel like you're doing like it's like you're doing an MSNBC hit or something. Right, right. No, I mean it actually just kind of worked out pretty well. The rest of it doesn't look quite that nice, but yeah. Like, okay. I see your bourbons. I see your 1969 baseball almanac. Your two Grateful Dead taping compendiums. Yeah, I'm uh, missing. And the third one is like a zillion dollars for whatever it, reason. 
I got the first two on Amazon when they came out, and then like a few years ago, I was like, "Ah, oh, I need to get the third one." And it's like they only printed like seven of them, and so it's like three hundred dollars to get one. I bought the first one at a Best Buy of all places, right. and then you and then you have a jazz book, which I think you just put in there to make yourself look smarter. <laughs> Come on, because you don't man. listen to jazz. Fuck out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to all the folks who uh, have been watching. I'll I'm going to come back at the end and wrap things up. I'm going to let Jeff go and uh, not get any more heat from him. But yeah, no, we'll do we'll do a rundown of the uh, of the uh, the bookshelf and Jeff just going with the power K behind him. Yeah, that's a whole story unto itself. We'll talk about that next. Time. All right. Um, but we've got a couple of interviews coming up uh, besides uh, this one. Going to be doing a couple more with some uh, friends of the pod in the near term. Um, I think everybody's just got a lot of time on their hands. So yeah. People are, pretty, people are pretty willing to talk to us at this point. No, this is great. This is why we're doing it. Um, I want to I wanna give a shout out because I think you created our email address. Ian, uh, I wanna, I'll put it on here. Ian Earl Bale, Ian Earls Bales asks, do you think the first 11 bluest tape Gmail accounts are panic related references? <laughs> uh, that's pretty good. Well played. Well played. Yep. 12 is my favorite number. That's why it's 12. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um, without further ado, we're going to go to my uh, discussion with, uh, with the guitar teacher from guitargate.com. Check out his website and his YouTube channel if you haven't done it before. And um, uh, yeah, so Jeff, it's been fun. Thanks for hanging out. See y'all later. Thanks, Harvey. Well, uh, I'll come back and wrap things up, and we'll talk to everybody soon. All right, I'm joined now by uh, Michael Palmasano, otherwise known as Guitar Teacher on the internet. Uh, <laughs> Mike, uh, thanks for taking the time to to join us. Absolutely. Yeah, I guess I am known as Guitar Teacher. <laughs> Um, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, do you get a sense for, I feel like you're kind of blowing up in, in the scene. I mean, do you, does it seem like that to you or is it just in, in my world that it feels like that? Well, I mean, it is and it isn't. Um, so I've been teaching online full time since 2013. Uh, but I've never had anything work on YouTube. Mm. Uh, so I'm blowing up on YouTube. I mean, I don't have like huge numbers, but for me, it's night and day. I, I've never had, uh, I've never had videos get this much support from this community once I started doing, well, one, just straight reaction style lessons and two, doing jam band, mm -hmm. um, content and once i did those two it was i totally fell into it backwards i realized after doing some poking around that no one really does either of those things <laughs> <laughs> that that the uh you know the community for people that like the jam band stuff there's basically no content except live footage to mm -hmm. listen to and watch uh, and then from a teaching standpoint, you know, myself included, everybody makes these um, overproduced videos where you listen to the music, learn it on your own time, figure out what you're going to say, teach it, record it, edit it, 
post it. No one's just putting on a camera and, you know, learning it, teaching it and playing it at the same time and then just uploading whether it's perfect or not. <laughs> well, it, well um, that's such a perfect uh, outlet, you know, to, to do that kind of music, right? Because it's all improvisational anyway. Totally, so you're just totally. riffing like they're riffing, right? It, and that's it. You got it exactly. That is absolutely it. And I think that's a main reason why I've had the newfound support that I've had is because people, yeah, they like improvisational music. It's very clear that I'm winging it, <laughs> that I'm improvising. It's, it's, it's very clear that it's not scripted. Right. Um, well, I will tell you just to give you some perspective of, of how uh, widespread it has become my uh, 63-year-old brother who lives in Arizona, who I talk to every once in a while, um, is a, he's a pretty big music fan. He likes the dead and, and panic. And he, he texted me and my cousin a link to your video yesterday okay. morning. And I was like, oh, man. So it's come full circle now. Like, I mean, I didn't want to do, oh, it's old news. I knew all about this. But, you know, the fact that, that it, it arrived to him in a completely different, you know what I mean? It came a different channel. Uh, so that, I think that's a good sign for, for how you're getting out there. What's, what's really interesting to me is that people that I know that are in my life that, um, that I see all the time who don't really know what I do, especially <laughs> the older generation that they don't understand, like, like they know I teach online, but they don't really understand it. But then once I started doing dead videos, they started getting it served to them through YouTube's algorithm, mm -hmm. or they had a friend send it to them, or they're in some type of forum. And then all of a sudden, they're coming up to me, and they're like, oh, dude, I get what you do now. <laughs> You're like on the internet teaching. And I think... I've been I've been doing this for a while, but right. that's what's the craziest thing to me, is that all these people, that one, like even though they know me, it's like they're knowing me for the first time, and two, I didn't realize they were all into that music. Mm. Oh that's yeah, like, well, that's cool. That's like the main thing. Secret handshake. Like, it it like a total like a total thing. Like I went into my um, friend's house the other day, and. Someone I know is a family friend who's a doctor. He's probably 65. He comes up to me. He goes like, dude, you're into the Grateful Dead. I've been watching your videos. And I was like, see, wow. so it's just little things like that. You never, you would never put together except for YouTube, the internet. So, um, so you, I think you're, you're a pretty recent, uh, rider on the bus, right? I mean, you, you're, uh, so, okay. So let's, um, I want to give me a little bit of background on where uh, where you came from and how you got there and, and what it's been like since you since you've been on. Sure. So this is a you know for anybody that's been playing an instrument, uh, you know that's my perspective is coming from a player. Um, it's a long story. I feel like most people that I know and that I've talked to that have got into this music, got into it when they were younger, you know, teenagers, twenties, you know, they're going to festivals, they're partying, they're having a good time. And that's kind of like when they meet this music and this community. 
So I was aware of all of these bands when I was younger, um, but that just wasn't where I was. I grew up a metalhead. Hmm. So I grew up, you know, going to the Ozfests, <laughs> you know, not the, uh, you know, Bonnaroo's. Or, or, yeah. Right, exactly. So I came, you know, from the other dreadlock hippie spectrum. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, that, the whole metal culture and in that world, it's all rhythm first. It's all, you know, melody and harmony in a, in a, to be really over, overly generalized is secondary to the blunt force trauma of just double <laughs> kick drums and just, it's just rhythm. That's, mm. That's what it is. That aggression is kind of what sucked me into it. Then, you know, when I went to music school and et cetera, et cetera, I started to learn all of those things. And I got deep into bluegrass and into funk and into uh, pop music, like all kinds of stuff. But I never, and, and I'd been in bunches of bands, but I had never been a band based on improvisation it was always bands based on let's rehearse let's make everything perfect and let's let's you know nail, nail the song, every right. single mm -hmm. part of the song um and i did that for many many years and and taught that way and but i so i'm fast forwarding a little bit uh, i got burnt out on that Hmm. Um, got burnt out on making, I got burnt out on that and I got a little burned out making videos and teaching. Cause when you're teaching for a long time, especially on the internet, um, you know, you get stale and, and, and sometimes long periods of time go by where you're not learning anything new. And this summer, um, my wife who's a big John Mayer fan, um, you know, we went to go see Dead and Company in in July in um, Bristow, Virginia, with a bunch of other friends. And you know, I was like, "Hey, this isn't John Mayer. Uh, Your you're body not is a Wonderland." <laughs> yeah, like this isn't that, but it's still him. Yeah, yeah. And and I knew of the Dead and, and other tunes, but I had I'd never learned a song, never picked up my it, it never inspired me to mm. to learn it before at all. Didn't 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 get it. Um, like I said, I came from that metal rhythm background. I didn't come from a that standpoint. So when I was a kid, and so we went to the show, and we had this incredible experience at the show, where even she looked around and she was like, you know, this is like the happiest group of people I've ever seen in my life. And everybody knows all these songs and everybody's dancing. I don't know any of this. Uh -huh. And it was one of those things. So then we came home and we just found ourselves, you know, I downloaded my Nugs app mm -hmm. and I and we found ourselves listening to it in the house. And we went on vacation to the beach and we were listening to it. And eventually it just kind of occurred to me, like, like it, I, I just got hooked and it occurred to me. I was like, you know. I, I've been spending so much time trying to be a better teacher and, and build my business and blah, 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 blah. But I hadn't spent 
it had been many, many years since I'd actually tried to get better at my instrument and learn a whole new genre. It just, it kind of just hit me like that. You weren't taking care of yourself, was, right? You're, you know. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and the reason it hit me like that was because it was so clear to me that uh, when I saw Mayer play with Dead & Company that I was like, this is so different than his normal stuff. Mm. It's, it's vocally different. The guitar is totally different. The tone is totally different. And it's very rare for someone in that stratosphere to have like two really divergent paths and they both work. And I was like, you know, I'm going to try something totally new. I'm just going to, I'm just going to dive into this wholeheartedly, but I still had to make videos for YouTube, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I figured, you know what, since I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm just going to, and I, and I'm not familiar with the genre at all. And I'm learning. I said, you know what? I'll just invite everybody to learn with me. So I just put the camera on, listened to the track, learned what I could, showed what I could, and hit upload, and like everything has kind of changed since mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. So now what I do is I do like it, half, if not more, of what other people recommend uh, because I, you know, they're supporting me. I want to give them what they want. But then the other half is like, totally legitimate honest you're watching me try to get good at something i've never learned before Hmm. and what's so interesting to me is that you know for most people that are die hard in this genre like that are just firing up the youtube comments they've been in this for a long time (laughs) you know and they're and they're very opinionated but at the same time, they're incredibly supportive of someone brand new, mm-hmm. which is very surprising to me. Yeah. No, and I mean, the, uh, this this scene, just like a lot of Internet uh, communities, can be can be pretty harsh sometimes. Right. Especially to outsiders. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, I think there's something, you know, there's something about. I think maybe how you're so positive with everything that you do, no matter what you see. I think that really makes people feel good. You know what I mean? And I think that helps people be more positive to you, you know, as you're learning those things. Because I, I mean, honestly, you go on these like message boards and I mean, it is like, it is toxic right and but like they'll somebody will post your, you somebody will post your video and it's like 300 po- positive comments i'm like i've never seen anything like that before but it's like dude, everybody's so into it it's awesome dude i can't tell you how many messages and emails i've gotten that literally just say dude if you can get a YouTube comment section to agree, like you've done what's undoable basically is, is the point. Um, but I think that that was the most, there's two things that were really surprising. And, and one of them is that, that I'm clearly not editing videos and, and pre learning them. So I get stuff wrong. Uh, <laughs> On camera, right. and I upload it anyway. 
the fact that people don't care about that mm. when I, especially when my title includes teacher, <laughs> because I don't know, I don't know what to, I don't know what to call these videos. Like, yes, it's a reaction. Yes, I'm teaching, but I'm also learning. Mm. And there's commentary, like analysis. Like, I don't, I don't know what to call them. But the fact that people don't care is amazing. The second thing that really blows my mind is I get just as many emails and messages and comments from people that don't play guitar. Oh, yeah. No, I, don't, I mean, I know nothing, and I will go down the rabbit hole with your videos. And I'm that just like, I, I'm, I, blows there'll, be, my mind. there'll be times where I'm like, uh, I'm a little lost here. But for the most part, I can keep up. I generally understand the terminology, but I don't know what it means. You know what I mean? But I still am so into it. Dude, that <laughs> blows my mind. So uh, on that note, so when I'm playing videos – of other people's music, uh, it gets demonetized and that artist gets the money as they should, mm -hmm. right? Because it's, I'm literally playing their videos. Mm -hmm. And since I don't do Patreon, the only thing I have is my website, which is purely guitar instruction. I bet you 50 people have gone on and wrote me an email and said, I signed up for your website even though I don't play guitar because I want you to keep doing the YouTube videos. It's, it's That's unfathomable. That's it's awesome. ridiculous. But you know what? It gives me faith in people. Like, yeah. you know, it's, it's so encouraging. And that's when I, when I'm telling my wife, these things, she's like, yeah, that's kind of what I saw at that show. Like these are just really happy, positive people that, <laughs> like I don't know. It's I, well, I'm blown away by the support. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is no, like loving something and knowing it, and then sharing it with somebody, right? And that's what it yeah. sort of feels like, uh, you know. And you're like, I know that I love it when I hear Michael Hauser play a solo, and not everybody that most people I know don't uh, know that. But then to see yeah. a guy on the video be like, "Oh, that was awesome!" and like that really, yeah. there's like this really big connection to like a, a share you know experience and shared love of things that you just don't get you know in a lot of that's, places in the world you know that's it exactly and and it seems to be pretty much it pretty corollary of like the, the experience seems to be shared by everyone in, in a similar way you know the way like um i've gotten so many invites recently from people that do live stream couch tours mm -hmm. and the, everybody logs on at the same time at night and watches some random show right. and in some random thing. And, and it, there's just, it's a whole world I knew nothing about. Mm -hmm. It's a, I, I literally knew, didn't know that this existed, yeah. you know? Yeah, I think that's, and part, that it, that's part of and it, right? It's like stop. seeing you get excited about that is like, you know, you're sharing, you know, we're all kind of like the, G, you know, we're looking inside Pandora's box together, right? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting that you got, you were laid onto the bus with the dead, or I, I guess Den Company was sort of your entry point. And, uh, you know, John Mayer was pretty late, I think, onto the dead as well, but became a really yeah. big fan. So then how did you, I assume at some point you discovered you know, Garcia dead. Right. And so like, what was that? Oh, people, people insisted. <laughs> yeah. 
very quickly. They were like, we're so great. We're so happy you're here. But, right. but go to Cornell 77. Stop right. screwing around. Yeah, yeah. Don't be an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's cool. That, so then you're able to then get in and appreciate that. And that's where it's just like, man, there's just an unending supply, right, of just like yeah. new stuff to discover and things you've never seen. I think that's why people get excited about, you know, seeing you do the, the I think the first video that I watched was the the morning dew from like 74 or something. And it's just like, yeah, you're just like, oh, my God, <laughs> it's like, what's <laughs> happening here? What is he doing? Well, it's it's. It's, again, when I have these conversations with people, people that are familiar with this music, you know, they had that moment Mm -hmm. 20 years ago, Mm -hmm. 30 years ago, but they all, like, remember the moment. Oh, yeah. You know, or they remember that summer Mm -hmm. or, you know, something like, but it's, but every, there's something about this genre um, that it's, uh, it's, it's like, you don't get it until you get it. And then once you get it, you kind of can't remember not getting it before. Mm -hmm. And it's, and everybody has that same experience. And it's usually, it's usually one show, one song, Mm -hmm. one period of time. Mm -hmm. Like I remember, like I, I saw an interview, uh, where mayor again was talking about the same thing, how he was late to it. And I totally identified with that video, that interview, because he said, I knew who the dead were, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. I, I knew who Fish was. Like, I, I knew of that scene, but I wasn't in that scene. I felt the same way. It's like, I've known Scarlet Begonias for 20-some years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've known a lot of these tunes. Like, I've, you know... My cousin is 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 in a local Baltimore jam band, and he's been trying to get me to go to fish shows for fifteen years. You know, like I'm I'm aware mm-hmm. of these bands. I've heard their songs, but it's like it finds you when you're ready. And like this summer, I was ready, and it just it just happened. It it just did. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm like a natural improviser, you know, I don't read music well, I don't compose, I, I pretty much wing everything. I had never gotten into improvisational music. I've never been in an improvisational band, mm-hmm. you know? And it just kind of hit me at that one time that just like, this is, this is music for me, man. Like this is, and then making videos about that and then having the support from the audience, it was like, this is what I've been, like, all of this is 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 for me like this like i, f- I felt like i finally found and it happened for me at the right time it's mm-hmm. very very odd yeah that's awesome it's so it's so organic and strange yeah. but it's but it's totally real yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay so so then uh dead and company and then back into the dead and then from there mm-hmm. was that that's when you started the request started flying at that point or what yeah. was your what was your journey like from you know late summer last year to today so when so the first the first few months of you know i just was listening mm-hmm. to dead and company and then the dead i 
I hadn't really made any videos or anything on it yet. When I first started uh, doing these reaction videos, um, you know, I, I started with a Dead & Company one, and that did okay. And I did like a Zappa one and a bunch of other stuff that I was taking requests, but it didn't pop till Morning Dew. Mm, okay. Morning Dew, Morning was, Dew was, that was the one, it okay. popped. And then that must have, that must have alerted the fish fans. <laughs> because the fish fans, after that video, took over basically every inch of the comment section, hundreds of emails a day, Instagram messages like you couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are insatiable They're people. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then, of course, you know, I did, uh, I think, uh, Free might have been the first one. And then, uh, so I think I've done... I think I've done three fish ones so far, and I've had to space them out. Like they want two a day, every day, <laughs> you know. And like you could probably get a subscription service just doing those, you know, two a day every day, ten ninety five a month. Dude, I I know you're right, but 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 we can't live like that. We we have to no. we have to have we have to have diversity, you know. Yes. We 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 can't eat the same thing every day. That's right. absurd. Yeah. Um. But a lot of them don't feel that no, way. No, I was going to say, <laughs> I think they might disagree with you, some of them. You know. Yeah, like I like I did a live stream uh, two nights ago, late night, because my kids are asleep. I can only film when they're asleep or gone. And um, I don't know if you have kids. I do, yeah. I do the same thing. We record our podcast at 930 at night. <laughs> there you go. Um, and people were requesting all kinds of great stuff, like – the one person we did a, I don't know if you know who Charlie Hunter is. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, but we, we were watching this incredible Charlie Hunter video, and in the middle of the video, there's probably 50 comments of people arguing what Reba I should do next. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like focus it's, people. <laughs> they, they can't focus. You know, they're, they are, they're plugged in. But anyway, so once the fish people mm -hmm. got involved, and I made a couple videos for them. Then it really exploded. opened up, right? Yeah. Then everybody else is like, "Hey, wait, what about us?" You know. And then, and then, the Umphreys people came. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, and and then the Panic people came, mm -hmm. and you know, String Cheese, and and people are clamoring for Mo. Mo's probably the next one. Okay. Yeah. Um, but so now I'm at a point where it's like. Okay. You need some, or you need some stress, some organization here, right? You need some strategies. Dude. Well, so it's overwhelming. There's so many things that are overwhelming. Um, remove the messages and requests. Just like one, finding a balance of, okay, there's this community that's clearly supporting what I'm doing. So I have to, I have to give them what they want. But they can't run my life, you know. <laughs> so, so, so I have to play some stuff that I want, or mm -hmm. take some requests that I know we're going to get fewer views, mm -hmm. um, because because we have to be well-rounded individuals, 
<laughs> you know, we have to be reasonable. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I'm trying to figure out that balance. And then two, the live streams. I love going on and doing the live streams, but two things generally happen when you do the live streams is that one, after the videos finish, they get blocked mm, mm-hmm. because, you know, the YouTube does their, right yeah, yeah, YouTube does their processing while you're live. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you play any album, I figured this out, mm-hmm. album material, mm-hmm. not like a live recording, right. that, thing's, that thing's going down. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then two, you know, because of the genre, people are throwing you $20 super chats and you're like, oh, wow, I got to I gotta do this video. The dude just spent 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then you go on and it's a 27-minute track, <laughs> you know? And, and, it's, and it's like, so we got to figure out some boundaries here. <laughs> and so you listen to 11 minutes or 12 minutes and then you just, there's 20 straight comments of, dude, they didn't even peak yet and this is bullshit. You know, <laughs> it's, it's so... Uh. So when I say I'm new to this, I mean I'm new to all of it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm and I'm figuring it all out. Hmm. It's it's fascinating. All right. So um, so I want to get into to panic because that's what we do here. Love uh, it. You know, there's there's 75 fish podcasts. There's one widespread panic podcast. So that's us. Um, so Love what was your what was your level of exposure to to that band before you know a couple of weeks ago? Basically zero. Okay. Um, I knew who they were. Um, I went to I went to some festival where they played in early two thousands when I lived in South Carolina. I don't remember the name of the festival, but I do remember they were there. But I don't really remember much about the band. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't name you a Panic song. I couldn't have named you an album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, basically, couldn't have named you a member of the band. So right. essentially, zero. Okay. When you when you watched me do that video, for all intensive purposes, go with zero. That was... <laughs> I mean, I knew the name of the band. I knew right. nothing. Else. Okay. Um, I mean, I knew who Jimmy Herring was. Okay. Yeah, and you had but done the, the Jimmy but, Herring video prior to that, right? The, the right. sort of jam thing. So, uh, so I knew who Herring was, yeah. but I didn't know, like, I didn't know widespread panic was based around Mikey because mm-hmm. the whole panic thing. Right. And like, I can't tell you the messages I got from people because I was like on camera and I was like, why is he sitting down? <laughs> what's, what's up with that? Uh-huh. I mean, it I is kind to- of odd, right? I mean, you generally don't see lead guitar players sitting in the corner. Well, that's, well, that's the whole thing is, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing these, like these are, Ice cold. Like, mm-hmm. if, if it's a band I don't know about, mm-hmm. I'm going to comment on whatever I see. And when you see a guitar player on a riser, you know, with two pedals bending down in a chair, hair over his face, with the, you know, the big Soldano, you know, amp pointed right at him, you know, lit, looking like he's in his own world. And then mm-hmm. everybody else is on the gig, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> but he's, but he's over here. You know, yeah. I mean, how can you not comment on that? No, totally. But, 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 you know, apparently there was a disease and, you know, there's a whole different thing. Uh, but I, I, 
knew nothing about yeah. that. So what's interesting with him, so he started, you know, without getting too nerdy, right? He started sitting in 1997, but, um, okay. but prior to that he stood, but he didn't, I mean, he didn't move. I mean, it he was essentially, it was essentially the same thing, but just standing, but still hair over, you know, one leg on one foot on the pedal the entire time hair down, you know, no, yeah, that's like his thing, the yeah. pedal thing. Yeah. The volume pedal. And is, is, that, what, and is that where Herring got it from? I don't know. I mean, cause he uses, uh, does he use the volume pedal too? Yeah, I don't know if he does. Okay. Yeah. So that's, and, that's and the sound. Like one of the only dudes I see that does that. Yeah. So that was Mikey's sound pretty much is it he, and I don't know, again, I'm not a guitar guy, but it was something, I mean, I think it was, he was running the amp through that or something. I mean, he was like controlling the volume of the, you know, of the yeah, sound. And, exactly. um, so that was his, that was his thing, but, uh, it was cool to hear you, uh, just getting that, you know, the, just getting, setting the scene of seeing what you're, you know, taking in. And it's just such a, it is a unique, it's a unique thing. So, um, especially right. when you compare it to everybody else in the band, right? Because they're so energetic. Yeah. Or you know, like, like, especially, you know, the other guitar player and the, and the bass player in the band are into they're it. Like, right. They're like, <laughs> really having a stellar night like you can see it uh-huh. and and then mikey's over there basically emotionless right and what's i mean what is amazing <laughs> to me is if you're listening to the music coming off the guitar you don't, you don't get that i mean it's like it's yeah it, it doesn't sound like he's not moving you know what i mean <laughs> so far from it right and so that's sort of that's, the dichotomy right you just have this like this perfectly still thing and they're just these like raging sounds coming out of the the amplifier so. it's it's amazing i i, I love that yeah. i think that's very very cool yeah so um all right so i just i took some notes from the from sure. your video of that and so w- some of the things that kept coming through you talked to, I mean, obviously he like bends the strings right i mean so that's a, mm-hmm. a major part of his sound and you talked about mm-hmm. bending the root Right. Yeah. So, so without losing everybody or losing me, like, what, what is that? What does that mean? Like, what is that? Well, how is that so unique? Right. Well, hold on. Okay. Let me see. Let me see something. Okay. You probably can't hear that. I can a little bit. All right. So, I don't have a my guitar sound on with effects, but your root is. So like if your if your song is in the key of E, your root is E. So re, root the root, otherwise known as the tonic, is the note that resolves all tension. Mm. It's the resolution of all musical tension. It sounds like home bass. Okay. So when you bend the root, you're screwing with your tonal center, right? So if here's okay. an E, and you play an E. Sounds like home, right? Mm-hmm. It's all right. If I bend that, right? Mm-hmm. How bad Just is that? Little... Sound? You hear that? Okay. And so when you bend the root, you have to be, I'm going to put the guitar down now. You have to be very diligent and you have to make sure that you pretty much go right to the next chord tone. Like you have to go way past it to a safe place. It's a very brave thing to do. Okay. It put it that way. It's 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 brave playing where basically every other note 
you can bend uh, and not be as brave. You don't. You don't. There's not much fear involved. But bending the root, you have to. You know. You know. You know. You're making it ugly, and you got to find a way to make that ugly pretty. All right. Um, so no, no, <laughs> that, that makes sense. It does. No, it does. It's totally cool. Um, because I mean, I think one of the things. And I don't know if, if anybody has commented this to you or not, but, um, you know, he, he's, I think, pretty self-taught. You know, he's not a uh, – and I think in a lot of ways he's uh, – he, I don't even know that he read music or, you know, he sort of found the sounds that he liked and the patterns on the neck that he played that he, that yeah. he liked. And so it's kind of it's, – I think it's really cool to hear you as somebody who understands all that to be able to sort of interpret, you know, his – language right you know and yeah. and convert it to uh you know more standard musical uh theory and stuff you know well so. here's here's the thing i mean you can if you if you listen to him play you can't totally tell that you know he's unschooled in that in that sense cuz you're just listening um, or that he taught himself or didn't read or didn't understand theory like so many different guitar players, mm-hmm. so many great guitar players. But if you watch him, if you watch him, it's clear that he lives in this it, – it's clear that he lives in, in – he's got some choice, comfortable move and zones where he knows he can bend – to get all the other sounds that he needs. Mm. Hendrix was very much the same way. Where you never saw Hendrix uh, play, you know, 10 different shapes, 10 different melodic, you know, I'm trying to speak in in broad, non-specific terms, but yeah, non-geeky terms. But basically, the dude knew how to get what he wanted out of a few simple things Mm -hmm. and but reach the things with bends generally and that's what i really got from mikey that that really stood out um was that he would bend to things to get the sound he wanted Mm -hmm. instead of shifting to a position to achieve that note and Mm -hmm. when you bend when you bend to something it gives it gives it that vocal lyrical quality mm-hmm. instead of hearing the movements of frets. Um, it's more of a feel, right? Than a you it's know all I mean? feel. It's it's, it's not about hitting the specific points. It's about sort of the journey to get there, right? Well, and that's and it and it's also it's it's a mindset. It's a it's a mindset of I don't want to say minimalism, but if you if you remove a lot of the choices, you know, from your playing, and then you just use your ear and you try to bend to different pitches, you know, while you're improvising, um, you know, you can do a lot more with less. And generally speaking, the listener's ear is more drawn, uh, remembers things more mm. that are simpler more linear mm-hmm. you know it's why it's why heavy jazz stuff is music for musicians not for like people right <laughs> because 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 it's 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 most, hard right you know it, well it's just most people they 
they simple melodies, simple arrangements done extremely well is what works regardless of genre. And so players like Mikey, um, who like, I not, again, not to go too in the weeds, he's basically just taken one scale. It's a five note scale. It's a minor pentatonic scale. Mm-hmm. And he's adding two notes when he hears like they should be there. He's generally bending to them and it's incredibly tasteful mm-hmm. But it's simple, mm-hmm. but great. Yeah. And most great things are simple. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great point. And I think I think it was Garcia who said, you know, it's often the notes you don't play, right? Yeah. You know, and it, 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 it car- makes the ones you do carry that much more weight, right? Because they're, yeah. they're doing way more work. You know, it's one thing to play 12 notes and you play one, and that one's really got to matter, right? And um, so... Yeah, like Garcia is, is is in a completely and completely entirely different style of player. Mm. From from the amount of notes to the tone to the vibrato to uh, the types of scales. I mean, I haven't dug deep in the Panic catalog, mm. so I'm literally basing I'm am making basing these assumptions off of like one song. One song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good song so, though, and it, it is, so it is take you know, it, pretty emblematic. But. Yeah, but you get an idea of someone's style. Um, you know, it's 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 pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're totally different. Comparing mm-hmm. them is inaccurate. Like I would, I would comparing much more to someone like a Hendrix. I mm-hmm. like totally would. Yeah, I know uh, you mentioned Gilmore in your in yes, your video as somebody that exactly um, and uh, yeah, a, a so. per, another another perfect example of someone who uses basic pentatonic scales and bends to stuff to you know to add color and adds amazing vibrato and has amazing tone and just sells the song. Gilmore is a perfect example to compare him to. Um, the and the thing you mentioned earlier that you mentioned in your video was was tasteful, which I thought was such an awesome adjective for how he plays. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it is. It's just like just a little hint or just a little touch there. It's very tasteful. I liked it. Yeah, that's to your point you made before. If you play everything all the time, inherently everything has less value. Mm. But if you save even a one note addition for like 35 seconds after you begin a lead, everybody hears that singular addition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's like the person who complains about everything, no one gives a crap, you know? Right. But the person that never complains if they say one thing out of nowhere, mm-hmm. everyone pays attention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's the same it's the same thing in music. You can't bombard the listener all the time. You know, you have to be tasteful. Yeah. Um, all right. There was another musical mention that you talked about: uh, erratic vibrato. Yeah. So what? So, tell me what that means. Well. So vibrato, for those that don't know, um, vibrato is how you make a note shake or sing. 
piano does not have vibrato. You hit the key and the note rings from one end of the chord to the other end of the chord in the piano. Uh, the other side would be like a violin, a fretless instrument where the note literally doesn't sustain without vibrato and you have to keep your finger shaking. Mm. Um, and so the vibrato is that up and back, that up and back, that literally changes the pitch in the string, but also adds and removes tension so that it keeps ringing and sustains. Mm. So you can do that extremely slowly like a like you can imagine you know a slow classical violin piece or you can imagine like a paganini piece where he's ripping and you have this this incredible just where he's shaking his hand so hard the pitch is changing in an erratic manner mm, okay. so guitar players do that in the same way it's not as profound as a fretless instrument because you know, when we put our f finger behind a fret, we're literally shortening the string to ring, not from our finger to the end of the string, but from the fret to the end of the string. So when we shake the string, it changes the pitch, and it's very easy to, um, you know, not match your vibrato with the tempo of the song. And vibrato is a very hard thing. Mm. To put it really simply, when people say they can tell who a player is in three notes, you know, you think Santana, you think Stevie Ray Vaughan, you think, right, Eddie Van Halen, it's vibrato is what they're talking mm. about. It's, it's the finger on the string. Okay. Um, that is the fingerprint, literally. It's, 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 it's your touch. And so he, throughout, they're talk, going back to taste, mm -hmm. throughout most of the solo, has a pretty gentle vibrato. It just sounds like good guitar playing. Mm -hmm. But then at the very end, you see him shake the crap out of it, <laughs> which is which was unlike the vibrato you saw mm. throughout the rest of the tune, which is why I noted it, because he saved it and it stuck out. He was nice. obviously feeling it in that moment. Yeah. And, and your Again, vibrato... Again, if, you do, if, you, if you're doing that the whole night, right, it doesn't really strike, it doesn't, Carry the weight, no, right? Yeah. No, it just it just sounds like you got ADD and you're just <laughs> freaking out all the time. You know, it, it's you have to. It's all those little things yeah. you have to be tasteful about. It's your touch, it's your tone, it's your volume, your dynamics. Are you loud and soft? Are you playing few notes versus many notes? Are you playing single notes versus two or three or four at a time in chords? Mm -hmm. It's all of it, mm -hmm. you know, and that's. All those things combined with every player's, uh, you know, personal, what they uh, like, that's what makes, it's, it's that amalgamation which makes everybody different. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's awesome stuff, man. I appreciate you, you walking through uh, that song. I hope that all makes sense to oh, you. No, not at all, but no. No, no, no but <laughs> again, I think you do a great job of like speaking plainly about, you know, very complex stuff. And so it's hard, um, it's hard to do. Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah. So, I mean, I hope, you know, you keep going down the rabbit hole and, you know, we'll be along for the ride and maybe, you know, we'll see you at a, 
at a panic show down the road, maybe up, uh, you know, up your way. I'd, I'd, I'd love that. Um, where are you located? Uh, so I'm in Kentucky okay. and, uh, my, my co-host Jeff is down in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. So, yeah. All right. But, um, uh, well, yeah, I'm in Baltimore. So if either of you guys ever make it to the mid Atlantic, yeah, yeah, no, give me, give, give me a holler. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I am going to make a point to go out to a lot of shows starting this summer. Cool. Um, because I'm into it and I want to, and I want to get the full, mm. I want to jump in. I want to get the full thing. And, uh, I was in a band here in Baltimore that was like a pay to play corporate band just because, you know, you have kids and if you're going to be out one night, you got to make the most money you can. <laughs> and so, uh, it was a successful band. And so I did, you know, 120, 130 shows a year. And I say that to say, you don't want to go to shows. And, and I don't other... go to shows, <laughs> you know, but I'm not in that band anymore. Okay. And this will be the first summer that I'm not in that band. So nice. I'm going to some shows. Good. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So what, uh, what should people do if they want to follow along? I mean, subscribe to your YouTube channel. If they're, if they're interested in guitar lessons, then I would say to your website, right? That's what, that's what we want. Yeah. So, so, start start with youtube um you know if you if you hopefully you play guitar and you know and if or if you have a guitar and you have it in a while hopefully you know i'll inspire you to go on this journey with me because i'm literally doing this on the fly and learning this music and so you can you can do it with me and we'll literally do this together because i'm i'm learning it and teaching it at the same time so start with YouTube, and if you like my teaching style, if you like my playing style, um, then I would encourage you to come over to guitargate.com and start with the beginner's course, which is free. And then if you, if you like the way the site works and you like the way my scripted lessons work, not like youtube nonsense mm. if, you, if you like like my actual curriculum that i took years to write <laughs> then i would say subscribe over at the website but definitely you know grab your guitar get to know me first and uh you know i'd love to have you i'd love to be your online teacher is um is the beginning lesson like literally i've never i've never held a guitar before exactly okay. how to t how to tune it what are the tuners okay. everything it starts there and it's step by step. So it it assumes every lesson before has been absorbed. So it's just like a textbook. And I have like, I don't know, 10 or 12 courses. Each one is 15 to 20 videos with PDFs, jam tracks. Like I said, I've been doing this a long time. So yeah. um, and it's all the way from, you know, I got my first guitar to playing crazy stuff. The stuff I learned in music school. Mm -hmm. So awesome. It's awesome. Well, um, Mike, I'm really glad that you, you took the time to, to join us and, um, and excited that you're excited, right? I mean, that's what's, I think that's why everybody's so into it. It's just because you're geeking out, excited. you know? <laughs> so I what, am. So go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, um, you know, what's the next panic tune I should do? Because like I said, I am excited and I, and I, I, I generally don't think people believe me when I say that I haven't learned any of this stuff uh -huh. before and I'm new to it. Um, and so, like, 
And when I do pick stuff, I can't tell you how many comments are like, oh, you picked the wrong thing. Blah. Right, right. So, so what is the next one I should do? What's the next not most amazing panic song you've ever heard, but what's the next logical step? Yeah. from the one I just did. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, there's so many variables because obviously I, know. I, I think, I know. well, and the quality of video, you know what I mean? Like I think that matters, right, for you. And, it, it does. Um, and you want to, you know, I, I have to say, I watched the String Cheese Incident video and I mean, and I love that you don't ever talk bad about any bands, which is great. And I mean, and they're, I, they are good I at what try they try to do that. And they are good at what they do. I, I love that you noticed that the keyboard player was wearing a, cape which I, <laughs> but um but i didn't think that that's i mean it was a good groove but it wasn't necessarily like a guitar song right you know what i mean i don't know if that was the best instance for string cheese incident guitar and, jam, and, right so and that's a prime example of um you know you get what you get people yeah. request stuff mm -hmm. i literally click it yeah. i do it live <laughs> i do not listen before and you get what you get right and you know what that video didn't do uh, a fifth as well mm -hmm. as the previous video. But, you know, people ask for stuff and I give it to yeah, them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so all those things, the, the, all those being factors. Um, I sent you two links, I think, this weekend. One was, yes, to, um, one was to a song called Jack, which is a slower song. And it's cool because it is a... ISO shot on Hauser's fingers the entire Love song. It. Love it. So you really get to see what he does. I mean, he's uptight, like just on his fingers. And so the that whole song is just him. Yeah. And I mean, like close ups okay. of like the entire, like, like, you know, two, two, are they frets? What are the little lines on the guitar frets. neck? So like two or three frets in frame, that's it. And his fingers. Yeah. So that's good for that. And it's a good version. And then another one was a song called Pigeons which is a mm -hmm. um, bigger, louder song. And I think more emblematic of what I think they're really good at is time changes and like adjustments mid song where it's like left turns and you're like, Oh, yeah. we're doing this now. And so that song is yeah. good. Good example of them doing that. A few of those different things in a song. So that, cool. those would be my suggestions for the next ones. All but, right. Well, I, I, I have not listened to those yet. I've been on uh I've been on baby watch here. We're like about to have a baby like any minute. Uh-uh. No, really? Yeah, to totally. So I've been like cramming cramming videos in and everything because I know like you're going to the hospital like in the next it might be tonight. Oh my god, really? Wow. Yeah. So, so that's, I, I haven't listened to those but I will. Okay, yeah. No no rush. Clearly not the priority right now. So what is this? <laughs> is this 3 4? What are you Fourth boy. Okay. And how do you have girls? No. Four boys. Oh my god. I thought I have two boys. I thought that was crazy. You? But yeah. So it is crazy. Boys. Yeah. It wow. is crazy. How old are yours? Uh 4 and 7. Yeah, I'm 963 and about to be born. Wow. Yeah. Insanity. That's that is. Well, congratulations. I hope everything goes well. It will. Thank you so much. And um, no, I appreciate you inviting me on, oh, the, yeah. on the podcast. No, very, absolutely. very cool. No, it's good. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike.
All right. So uh, that was my conversation with Mike Palmasano, uh, guitar teacher, uh, reacts. He's an awesome dude. And just talked to him tonight, no baby yet. So as that was recorded um, about a week ago, still no baby. So uh, thanks for everybody for hanging tight. Uh, I know we, we went late, uh, not quite three hours, but, you know, that's how we roll around here on the Blues Tape. But um, it was number 100. We do 100 one time. So... Um, Thanks for joining us as we busted out the 52395 and our uh, bracket, our uh, Sweet 16 panic shows, and then a uh, conversation with uh, Mike Palmasano. So we will um, talk to you guys down the road. We've got a lot of cool things planned. I know everybody's going to be stuck inside and uh, hope to, um, you know, bring you all some entertainment when we can. So uh, thanks for supporting the show, and uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. Good night. Oh, Osiris.